and welcome to another episode of the Business Bromance Show. Uh, this week, uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Joe Bolton. Uh, welcome, Joe. Thanks. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on here. No, that's all right, mate. No problem at all. So, uh, Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about the business that you own? So, I own Sugar Rush Confectionery, uh, which is a home delivery service of Pick and Mix Sweets. Mm. Yeah, so we've been going about 10 years now. Basically, same principle as ordering a pizza. You just order the sweets and we deliver it to your door within an hour. Nice. Yeah, nice. nationwide as well. Nationwide? Nationwide, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. How long have you been going for? Uh, started in 2012, so t- t- uh, just gone 10 years. Nice. Yeah, bit of a difference. Yeah. Bit of a different industry to be in, but yeah, it's good. It's good fun. How'd you get started? Um, desperation, really. Um, I just had my little boy, well, I hadn't, but we'd just had our little boy. Um, <laughs> had you had a little boy? <laughs> Definitely not me. I'd, yeah, I wouldn't be selling sweets. I'd be a millionaire if I'd done that one. But um, yeah, so we'd just had our little boy. Um, I was being, being made redundant. Um, and it was just an idea of how am I going to earn money? Um, I need to earn money. I need to pay the rent. Um, and I bought a bulk load of sweets. Uh, my original idea was to go onto a market down at Marsh Barton. Um, and then the stock arrived. We sort of sold everything in our house. Um, the stock arrived. Um, and I put a post on Facebook one night saying to my friends, um, look, I've got the sweets. If you want to order them, I'll actually come out and deliver it to you. Okay. So a friend of mine ordered um, a five-pound bag of sweets. Yeah. I took them down to Exeter Quay. And by the time I'd sort of got from Exeter Quay back to where I lived in Alfington, they'd put a picture up on Facebook. And within an hour and a half, I'd sold out of all my stock. Wow. Yeah, it just went viral around the city. And, and literally, I never looked back. And 10 years on, we still do it. Nice. So, yeah, it's a bit of a – it's a weird industry to be in. And it's a weird way we started, but a fun and enjoyable one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's good fun. Excellent. Now, before we started this, uh, so a little bit of background. Joe is my brother. Um, so <laughs> Joe is the, I'd say, the entrepreneur of the family, although uh, apparently it, it, it runs through the family as uh, as I'm also having a, a little bit of a go at a few different ventures. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's quite nice to be able to almost follow in your footsteps in terms of learning different bits and bobs. And one of those things that I think... I suffered with when I worked at EDF Energy, and I know that you've struggled with, um, is imposter syndrome. Yeah, definitely, um, yeah. Yeah, and imposter syndrome, just in case you don't know, is where you 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 reach a point where you feel as if you're not, you're, you're not meant to be there. You're not meant to be a business owner. You're not meant to be an executive. You're not meant to be on a senior leadership team because you were good at the previous job or the previous thing that you did, but now all of a sudden you're questioning if you're right for the job and it's something that's pr- yeah it's pretty rife through the through the it, business world I'd say. it is and i think it's i mean I, I can only go from sort of my experience um i think it's um a common uh syndrome to to suffer with in the sense that obviously when i very first started sugar rush i started it as a sideline mm-hmm. and i can always remember saying to claire at the very start look if i could just earn 80 pound from this a week on top of my money yeah. it will bump us up and it will really help us pay the rent and then all of a sudden sort of two months down the line, three months down the line, a year down the line, all of a sudden I was this managing director of this national company. And I almost sat and thought like, shit, how Mm. did I get here so quick? Going from someone that always worked for people to someone that just wanted a bit of a side hustle to now employing people, doing payroll, um, paying taxes, paying VAT, uh, shipping, you know, stock around the country. Old, a lot older people than me asking me for direction that I didn't even know that I knew the real direction. Yeah. You almost, you do almost feel phony in your position. 
And it wasn't really until the pandemic hit and we went through struggles at the back end of the pandemic that I even sat there with a cup of tea and thought, do you know what, if I can get myself through this pandemic, then I do truly deserve to be in this position because I think... And that was the first time in all that time ten you years. probably thought that. Yeah. Never necessarily, and it wasn't actually until this year that I even came out and said that I'd suffered with imposter syndrome because especially in the business world, you don't want to show weakness. You don't want directors of other companies that deal with you to think, well, hang on a minute. If you're showing that weakness, that's not good for the business. But I also think it's very important for business owners, business directors, managing directors to know that they're not the only person feeling like that because that can have a knock-on effect to things like mental health and the ability of how you run your business as well. It's affected my business in the past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely only since the pandemic sort of ended was probably the first time I sat there and thought, no, I do deserve to be here. I know it, I built the business, but it's almost like a fraudulent claim that, oh, I'm the owner. It's yeah. like if people say to me, oh, where do you work? I go, oh, Sugar Rush. And they go, look, what, you own it? And I feel stupid saying yes. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Billy Big Balls. I shouldn't be saying yes to to saying something like that. Um, so, I mean, there have been periods of times when people have just thought I was the driver. <laughs> so why is it that you, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you can categorize it as imposter syndrome, but why do you think you felt embarrassed to say, yeah, but, but uh, what, what's the problem with being the owner of a company? I think the success embarrassed me. That okay. sounds really, really bad. And I know it does. But I think the success, even now when people say, I'm a, you know, oh, God, it must, you know, it's amazing. I can't believe how well you've done. I, inside, I feel my gut's telling me, oh, I wish you'd stop saying that now. I don't, I don't take compliments very well anyway, I don't think. Um, so, and that is such a big compliment. That I, don't, I, I, you know, I don't really know the answer to it. I don't really understand the imposter syndrome. I just know I've got it. Um, and I've still got it even now. Um, but I just know I need the clarification in my ho own head. I need to give myself, um, the compliment really mm. as to how well I've done. Cause I know I've done well. Yeah, I know I've done very well. Um, but if you notice, like when I talk about things on social media, I won't actually take the credit for it. <laughs> I, all you ever talk about on social media is politics. Yeah, British I, politics. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not taking the credit for that, but no, I won't. I very rarely will take the credit. If you, if you see this, a success post from me on social media, I'll always direct the, um, the credits somewhere else. Right. And I'll, I will openly say, look, I couldn't have done this without these people. I couldn't have done this, which is true, but I will never take the credit. I don't know why. It's a, it's a, it's a weird syndrome to suffer with. It is a weird syndrome because a lot of people who work 40 hours a week will be really proud of themselves I because know. they've put a full work. When was the last time you worked 40 hours in a week? I, probably not since I started. So you work a lot more a than lot that? A lot more, yeah. So... You'd probably congratulate, like you used to congratulate me on my career at EDF Energy. I was yeah. only working sort of 40, 45 hours a week. Yeah. And yet you're working twice as long and hard as that. And yet are uncomfortable to take that. I think, I wonder whether or not it's not actually about your business and how successful you've been with your business. If there's some underlying root cause of you just being embarrassed to take compliments. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. I think from, from your point of view and my point of view, the thing is, you know, when someone says something to you and you, you already know it, yeah, but you you don't sort of take it on board from someone else's point of view, if that makes sense. Like from your point of view, I know our background. Mm. So it, it, as, the, as the book is written, as it were, me and you shouldn't have done as well as we've done. So I then find, because I, if you want to put it in terms of a success story, I don't know. I just find it... It awkward I'm, I'm going to talk about yeah i'm going to rewind a little bit because this is something that i've been looking into recently why, why shouldn't have we been as successful as we are 
I think if you if you look at something like politics, for example, I know you. I know, yeah. <laughs> but let's let, let's look at the House of Commons, for example. There are a lot of people that sit in the House of Commons that are from our background, but they very rare, very rarely sit on the front bench. Okay. Does that make sense? So you've got like is that, is that, I don't know. If there that's is a lot what I'm saying. But you, well, look at the prime minister now. The richest prime minister ever graced that seat in its life. Yeah, but he wasn't. Life. He didn't come from where we came from. No, that's what I'm saying to you. Oh, right. Okay. That's what I'm yeah, saying yeah. to you. So if you if you look at the House of Commons, there's people like us in there as MPs, but they're on the back benches. They're not sure, government. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. look at government. They've come from money. They've come from wealth. They've yeah, come yeah. from education. They come from private education. So I think from that point of view, they always had an avenue they were going to go down. They were going to be pushed down there. They were going sure. to be paid to go down there. We're in society not always going to be pushed down that avenue mm. you know education i mean i own my an, a national company i've got no education mm. so mine literally has come from the school of life what mm. i call it yeah, yeah. um and yours is exactly the same i know you actually finished your education didn't you no i oh, really? I, I i um i did two G funny story should we tell it Why not? it yeah. i um so i did three gcses and i um halfway through my gcses I was trying to I was trying to tap up a bird who worked at the Imperial Hotel in Torquay as a chambermaid. Right. Um, so I was like, I'm going to sack these GCSEs off, pretend I'm 18, go and get a job at the Imperial Hotel so I can try and shag this girl. <laughs> so I stopped halfway through my GCSEs to try and get my end away. Right. Did it work? No, didn't Gutted. get my end away. I know. I Gutted. know. So you didn't do that and you didn't get your didn't, education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, my education was piss poor anyway. I mean, it, I... I academically i wasn't interested in school at no. all i was more interested in playing the class clown and... yeah yeah so was i yeah to well you fair. did a lot of homeschooling as well like i don't know that i did i, I know oh, really? i know we get told that but i'm not actually sure i don't ever remember getting Long time ago, i just remember it? not going to school and not leaving school i left at 14 i never even took a gcse so yeah. from, from my point of view i had literally got no in fact i actually put myself through a maths um or maths um it's not a GCSE. It's like a like an MVQ. MVQ that's yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. I put myself through that in twenty, the beginning of twenty twelve, and I was due to take my final the week after I'd started sugar rush. You went and tried to shag a chambermaid. No, no, no. <laughs> oh right, okay, okay. And <laughs> um, because I started sugar rush and it, it literally hit with the ground running, I never ever took the final, which okay. I certainly think I should have done. Really, I've got one MVQ actually in customer service. Have you? Yeah, I got it in BT when I worked down at BT oh, nice. on the key. Yeah, nice, well done. so I've got one education. Yeah, nice uh, certificate. Nice. Don't know where it is. Um, but yeah, the imposter syndrome it is it is a funny thing. But going back to what you were saying, I just think in society, people wouldn't have expected me to have done what I did. Yeah, no. So my take on this is a bit different. And I think that so one of the things I've been learning about at the moment is our limited belief system. So all of us have limited beliefs. And this is where imposter syndrome comes from. Yeah. And that's all of us will have a different path. And on that different path, parents, teachers, peer groups, people will talk to us about you know, uh, don't be stupid, don't say this, you can't yeah. do that. And little bits kind of stick with us, which yeah. is crazy because those people who would have said those comments that we carry as kind of baggage would have forgotten all about it. Yeah. But we'll carry it in our subconscious yeah. and that will stop us when we're making really important decisions in life or right. how we feel about the things that we're, we're going through. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm helping clients go through, uh, the, 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 the clients that I'm working with, um, is that... You know, you can um, you, you don't need to carry those rocks in a backpack mm. all the way. If each yeah. of those, and that's that's essentially what it is, is you're you're thinking, oh, I shouldn't be where I am because of the start that I had. But 
you look at a lot of entrepreneurs who you, oh, you look at Steve Bartlett, right? Yeah. Steve Bartlett, diary of a CEO. He's the guy that does the podcast, isn't he? The guy does the podcast. Yeah. Ago, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, C- comes from Plymouth. Oh, really? Comes from Plymouth. Um, his mum was a serial entrepreneur, but failed businesses left, right, and centre. They yeah. they had a really grotty house with windows smashed in, uh, fridge freezer on the you know, a bit like kind of a lot of the houses we we yeah. lived in. Um, and he's he's massive now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Not only is it the diary of a CEO, but he's also like the head of a number of companies. He was on Dragon's Den. He really. I know successful. I'd seen him on something. Dragon's Den. That was it. I didn't know if it was that or The Apprentice, but I know I'd seen him on something. I reckon if you had a look, if there was a chart, and and uh, I haven't looked this up. We could look this up now. But I reckon that if you have a look at chart of of self made millionaires, and you had a look at the ones who were educated and took degrees and masters and PhDs and went down that route, mm. and then people who came from maybe the other side of the tracks who've just fought and clawed and, and graduated from the school of life, like yeah. you and I perhaps. Yeah. I don't know if it would be much far from 50-50, you know. No. And I also think for, from the term entrepreneur, I know the term entrepreneur is what it is, but I, I personally believe an entrepreneur is someone that doesn't stop. And like you just said a minute ago, if you look at that that sort of level of how many failed businesses they've had, and I think I vaguely remember someone saying to me once that most entrepreneurs have actually failed 50 times and then they made oh, it on the last one. That's that, how success is done. It, yeah. That's how success is done. And I think done. probably from an entrepreneur point of view, it's knowing when to stop and move on when a venture's not. So it's not necessarily flogging a dead horse in one business. It's, it's sort of carrying on and not giving up on the dream of really being just being a successful business person. Well, my vision of an entrepreneur is slightly different. So in in business, you're, you're either one of three people. And we learned this from the book, The E-Myth, which is the the most you know the most famous business book there is out there uh ri- written by michael gerber and he talks about you you're you're one of three people you're either a technician so you're very good at the thing that you do yeah okay so, I'm, I'm only laughing because it's the most famous but that shows you what a business person i have never heard of it i'll hand it to you in a minute but okay. um yeah so you're either a technician so let's say you were going to own a uh, you're going to open a pie shop yeah, because uh, you were really good at making pies. Your granny used to teach you how to make pies. You've got it nailed. You yeah. know exactly how to do it. So you'd be a technician because you're very good at what you do. Right. Or you'd be a manager because you're really good at organizing and, you know, being, you know, particular in your setup and you can manage people and you can manage processes and systems. You're a manager. Or the third one is entrepreneur. And that's mm. because you're thinking about the next big thing. Yeah. You've got ideas. You, you rush to make those ideas happen. Um, and, in the book it teaches you that that you should really recognize who you are and then bring others in who are strong in either managerial technician or entrepreneurial right because it could be that you you're 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 brilliant at making pies but you ain't got a clue how to you know do the staff wages you haven't got a clue how to balance the books you haven't got a clue how to do this or you haven't got a clue how to think of the next big idea or how to diversify your portfolio or how to now you're quite entrepreneurial you're, you're, you're a bit of an uh, enigma because I guess that you've taught yourself a lot. Firstly, entrepreneurial because of all of the different things that go through your head. Yeah. I know that you've come up with shakes, you do breakfast runs, you're going to do this, yeah. that, the other. Lots of different ideas. But you're also, you've made yourself the technician because you learn how to take the sweets and pack them up and yeah. ship them out and all that kind of thing. And you've learned how to be the manager because you've had to make sure the books are on order. Yeah opening and closing times, yeah. organize different franchises around the country. And I think that does come from the school of life because I knew none of that in June 2012 when I opened, mm. even down to the, th- the fact that, and I mean, 
people could call it a detriment, but it just taught me lessons. You know, when I very first opened and people realized it was me that owned the business, oh, I'd start getting people that were jealousy, that I'd start getting trading standards knocking on my door, environmental health knocking on my door. And really and truly, all they actually done was help me grow. Yeah, of course. Because things like, and you say about the learning, the trade as you go, uh, that's what I did, um, down to the fact that I didn't realize the scales I was selling on had to be approved by trading standards every six months had to be calibrated to make sure that they weren't even one gram off and i'm not even joking you they brought a set of weights in Mm. to to test my scales um that was as small as the pin of a a carving knife and that that weighs sort of a gram so there are a lot of a lot of traders out there that you would learn that before you took the jump into business what the fuck is the pin of a carving knife (laughs) you know like the tip of a a tip of a carving knife you know the the pointy end yeah that's what i'm saying it's just so small (laughs) um but there are a lot of things that you you have to learn as you go because especially for me the education wasn't there especially in that trade to start with yes it's it's interesting but i definitely think that and and it's very well people thinking and having their own opinion but if you've got this imposter syndrome if you think oh christ I'm, i'm probably punching a bit above my weight here it's quite a hard one to unshackle yourself but can you understand like why you might think like that if you think about your journey and yeah. I've, I've had quite an insight into your journey so i think age was a thing for me as well okay when i used to have to tell someone off <laughs> um or i'd have to put my foot down or say well hang on a minute that's not right i was always saying it to someone my senior so i think that didn't help my imposter syndrome in the fact that and then I used to get inside my own head of thinking, well, they put the phone down now thinking this of me. So instead of thinking, but I am the boss, so it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of me, I would get inside my head thinking, well, they're going to think I'm a bit of a twat now. And I've always been a people pleaser. Sure. So I don't want to be looked at as that, even though sometimes in business you have no option because, mm. you know, at the end of the day, my business is to keep the business, of, sorry, my job is to keep the business afloat. Because without the business, so many people will suffer. That's one of your jobs. It's one of my jobs, but it's one of the most important jobs as well. Mm. Um, so you have to make decisions, really, that people aren't necessarily going to like. And my issue was, because I started at 20, what was I, 25, 26? Mm. I was so much younger than people that I worked with. And I it started from the start. The first person that came to work with me was double my age. Okay. Um, so I think that probably didn't help the issue. You know, a lot of people that do go in, not necessarily these days, but a lot of business owner, national business owners are older than me. So, or have people behind them to sort of help them sort of push them along. Mm. You know, I don't have a board of governors. I don't have a board of directors. It's just me, Claire, and, you know, we get on and do our trade, really. If you could go back, are there, are there anything, is there anything that you'd change over the last 10 years in terms of how you've, how you've either set up your business or run your business? Um, I don't know. It's very hard because like every um, retail company out there at the moment, in fact, and wholesale company out there at the moment, everyone's suffering because of the pandemic. Pre-pandemic, I can't say I had any worries about the business. We were going in the right direction. Uh, the last year's accounts because of the pandemic was the first time we'd ever taken a, um, a loss in 10 years. So we'd never, ever done bad. So I can't say I've got any regrets about it, really. Um, life's not easy at the moment, but that's not my fault. Um, and I know that, and that was one of the most important things about the imposter syndrome. When the pandemic hit, I blamed myself for the company going. For the pandemic? No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> no, no. But you've been eating I'm not, I'm not that bad with imposter syndrome. <laughs> no, but when the sales started drying up and, and, you know, we had to start putting money back into the business, I was like, what am I doing wrong here? And I had to sit back one day and think, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. I'm just riding the wave, a very big wave. Um, and that's, I think 
helps me with the imposter syndrome because I start looking at reality. I think sometimes with imposter syndrome, you don't look at reality. You look yeah. at everything being your fault. Yeah, yeah. And I think with my imposter syndrome. Or maybe not even your fault. Maybe that was your take on it, but maybe not your fault. But the fact that, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not right to do this. People are going to find me out. Yeah. And that's the thing yeah, about imposter 100%. syndrome is yeah. you're acting like an imposter. You're pretending yeah. to do something that maybe you shouldn't do and someone's going to find out about yeah. you. That's it. And I think especially from when Sugar Rush very first started, you got to remember when I very first started Sugar Rush, my idea was to earn £80 a week. Mm extra to help me and then sort of three days later i'm sat with three grand in front of me now or to a lot of people that's like all right well that was good to me that was amazing because i also the week before was struggling to buy my food pay my rent pay my bills so to all of a sudden have started a little side hustle then three days later sat with three grand profit is like and you got that wasn't one day that never stopped for months in fact it didn't actually stop for years so and that's how we grew the business because we took buildings on we bought cars you know things to help the business grow because we never had a hundred grand bank loan to start. So mm. everything started from fresh. So I think I almost feel like I thrusted myself into the business world because it was only ever going to be a hustle at the start. And then all of a sudden I was a lot more than a hustle, Yeah, but it wasn't on purpose. I never went into it planned that way. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't necessarily go into it planned that way. Mm. Might, they might have an end goal. They might have an end vision. Um, but a lot of entrepreneurs end up being multimillionaires with, a, with their vision paying out but probably started of, oh, I'll give this a go. Or I'll just try, or I'll quickly buy this and see if I can sell that at a profit. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Amazon probably started that way, didn't it? Did he own PayPal? No, that was, um, PayPal was Elon. Oh, Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. No, Bezos was, he wanted to find something um, uh, that was non-perishable that he could store in his building in New York for as long as he needed to and just find an online platform to sell it. So he created Amazon to sell books. Right. That's oh, what they right, sold. Yeah. They, they just sold books because it was a non-perishable that and then now, it just yeah. grew and grew and grew. And weirdly, you know, I went to look at an office space. It uh, was going to be called Abracadabra. Really? Um, and yeah, it was going to be called Abracadabra. And I think it was his accountant or someone was just like, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> to be fair, yeah, why? Yeah, something like that. We'll have to Google it afterwards. I but, know um, yeah. I went to look at an office space in Southton when I very first opened. So you, probably about nine years ago when I was starting to look for offices. Um, and there was a guy there, he sold books on Amazon and he had an entire warehouse that was j- just books. It yeah. stank when you went in there. It was really? just all old books. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. but he, he, I remember him telling me he, but he must have earned a living off it. He wouldn't have had to build them. Yeah, yeah. So it must yeah. have, it must have, I forgot Amazon was just books. Yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Everything sort of, everyone's got a vision and that's where the entrepreneur part of me comes out because even now, 10 years on, I think of something else and then I think, cool, all I need is one person, to, the right person to pick up on that and I could be a multimillionaire. I just need one is idea. Is that the goal? Um, and it's okay. But do you know what? It, yeah, it is. Don't be ashamed about no, that. No, 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 I'm so not ashamed. So many people are kind of like, oh, Christ, I don't want money to be my goal. But it's it's not really money. It's what you can do with yes. financial freedom. I don't think it's necessarily me being able to walk around saying I'm a millionaire or that I drive a Maserati. It's more the fact that I would like the comfort of thinking I haven't got to worry about rent yeah, yeah, or yeah. bills. Yeah. I don't have to keep checking the bank to make sure my direct debits for my credit card is going to bounce. So I would like, that's probably my end goal, to be able to go into retirement thinking, actually, I'm just going to enjoy life now. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I love traveling. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, and I have traveled a, a big part of it. photo shoot. She loves a photo shoot. I, I don't. Claire <laughs> loves a photo shoot. I'm the typical <laughs> husband that gets dragged to, up to a forest somewhere. <laughs> Joe's wife is addicted to photo shoots. <laughs> she shoot. is. I mean, they're lovely photos. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll be I able do, to look back on them. I do look good in them. Um, no, no, Claire's the photo shoot queen. She likes them. Uh, but yeah, I would like to um, be able to have that. Yeah, that comfort, I think, is probably my end goal. I'd like to be able to help the kids as they go into adulthood. You university, know, deposit, yeah, university. Yeah, yeah. Things that, you know, we 
not for knocking my arm, I'm in any way, shape or form, but things that we never had that step up yeah. for. If I can't do it, I can't do it. That's life. But I would like to be able to, you know, first car, little deposit for a house, education, uni and things like that. Um, but at the end of that, it would be nice just to think, well, I'm comfortable as well. Uh, uh, and Sugar Rush, what were you, what? Where does that? What does that look like? Does that look like a hand down for for your children, or would it would it become a business oh, that you know sell? I don't know if they'd want it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. If I think Olivia is going to be so academic that she'll go on and have a career, and I would push her to do that. Yeah. JJ might. I he, he might. And if he wanted to, then then yeah. Um. If he if he had no ambition to take over, then when I retire, I'll probably sell it. I don't think I've got the um emotional attachment to force it on my children sure. because obviously their career is their own power. Yeah. yeah. Jade wants to own a ship. If you think I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> he wants to spend I, I, about 10 billion on a ship. <laughs> so I always thought I was okay. forthcoming, yeah. you know, what's he going to do with it? <laughs> I don't know. Sail it, Sit I and stare at it. No, I think, I don't think he even wants to captain it. I think he just wants to own it, but I think it's because he's been watching stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go into the bank and get a loan. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure it really works that way, mate, to be fair. <laughs> to buy a ship. Definitely still need an education. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully when I retire, it will be sellable and, and yeah, just sell it and go and enjoy the, enjoy the money really. The word hope is interesting in that sentence. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I know me and you've got very different takes on, on those kinds of things because obviously, especially from, from my personal opinion, um, or personal experience, you, you do always have in the back of your head that shit can change. Like yeah, a bit of click of a yeah I, I, th I think the reason that you and I differ is because you've, taken the path that you've taken and you've created something from scratch without really knowing what you're doing and made a yeah. success out of it whereas i'm more of the traditional there's a system here that can Research, be followed yeah. there's a there's a framework to be that that, yeah. that shows and proves that if you follow a framework and a system you can create a really good profitable business that yeah. works without you that's my that's my thing and i've yeah. seen that and i've also seen the other side of that when people don't really know what they're doing they've had an idea they've gone for it I wouldn't say they've been as lucky as you because I don't think luck comes into it. But I think you are as resilient, yeah. really resilient and taking a lot of knocks and been able to move forward, which yeah. is probably half the reason why you're still in business now and yeah. a lot of other people aren't. Um, so I, whereas I, like when I picked up on the word, oh, I hope I can sell it. For me, I want to make sure that my business is yeah. really in a position where people are sending me offers to buy it in yeah. 20 years time. Yeah. So we're, 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 we're kind of, we'll both end up at the same spot, but maybe by different yeah. routes, I would say. And I think it would have to have, be for me, it would have to be with retirement because we have had offers for Sugar Rush before, um, granted not since the pandemic, but pre pandemic, we used to get offers quite a lot for Sugar Rush. Um, but it always stuck in my head that, and this is where me and you are different, but actually I probably should come on your more on your side of the, the coin is that my idea was always mm, that if I sell it, I'm unemployable, really. I'm uneduc uneducated. What am I going to do next? Whereas really I need to take the frame. And that's probably the imposter syndrome. Mm, Can yeah. I do it again? Yeah. Am I going to be as successful again? Whereas really I should think, well, actually, if, the, if yeah. the where's the, where's the evidence that you wouldn't be? Oh, exactly. In my head. Exactly. <laughs> and that is the imposter syndrome. Yeah, exactly. It is right. And even now going through the waves we're going through now, you sit and think, can can I get it back to what it was pre-pandemic? I can. I know I can because I built it from the start. Yeah. Um, so I know I can. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a difficult wave. It's a weird wave. to. Yeah, and you've got to remember that, that a lot of entrepreneurs or in fact business owners now with a pandemic are dealing with something we never, ever thought. But the pandemic's done. The pandemic is done and dusted. And whilst it's great to take, whilst it's great to take lessons away from it, the thing we're facing now is an economic crisis. Yeah. 
yeah, and, and, I, and a potential war. Yeah. The pandemic's done, Joe. Yes, yeah. it's, it's done. No, and I agree. I, I I do agree. I think it's very easy to keep saying the word pandemic, but no, I hundred. You have agree. said it twelve times. I know, <laughs> and I did say <laughs> some, I was talking to someone a minute ago. Funny enough, before I came About here, and I did say it was a little. It's a little bit like um, the shrapnel of a comet. The comet's gone, being the pandemic, that's gone. Yeah, Shrapnel yeah, yeah. is what we're riding now, trying to dodge left, right and centre sure. to get our way through it. Businesses will get through it. And the one thing I will say about Britain, British people is we... Um, did I say that right then? British people. Yeah, British. <laughs> I'm British, posh. British. 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 <laughs> um, I felt like the British Empire then. Um, the one thing I will say about the Brits is we are resilient in the fact that we will bounce back and we'll get used to the new normal. And yeah, if people's yeah. financial struggles... We'll, we will adapt. Yeah. We will. We did in 2008 when the banks nearly collapsed us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we got from, I started the business in the middle of the financial yeah, yeah. crash. And so, yeah, do you know what? And this is quite interesting. Airbnb did as well because there'll be opportunities in this financial crisis yeah. where people are like, like, for example, there's going to be a lot of businesses where they're like, Christ, everything's going up. The cost of living's going up. All my stock's going up. My supply chain's getting more expensive. My customers don't want to be spending money. Yeah. How do I how do I get myself out of this conundrum? Yeah, but there's solutions in that. There's yeah. ways around that, and we can we can use the lessons of the past to help us through. Yeah, these the, the you know this 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 point. Now we're just going to go on pause for one second, and we're back. There we go. Um, that you, you'll notice this will be the third podcast in a row where we've had to stop it about halfway through, and that's because we're using Anchor. I'll put a question up at the end of this. If anyone knows how to. Just use it because it'd be great just to have a bit of a free form conversation where we're not having to stop at 30 minutes and have yeah. like a 10 second gap between one recording and another recording. Probably pay more money, I suspect. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe Possibly. because we're using the free platform that uh, it may not be. But yeah, I, th- I think that, um, you know, I, I think the people who will get through it will be open for new ideas, will be open to taking a bit of a chance um, and won't be closed minded or, or, or have that kind of fixed mindset of, yeah. you know, well, this is the way I've always done it. Uh, there's all this going on. I, I There's so many things that I can blame for my downfall that it's probably going to be quite easy to kind of yeah. submit now and say, yeah. like, oh, well, I tried, but it was the pandemic. It was yeah. the economic crisis. It was yeah. Brexit. It was all of these other things. And I think one of the most important things is also, again, I've never, ne- never necessarily been coached. So I'm sure there's other ways. So from my point I keep of, offering i know but from my point of view of starting the way i started i can only go on my own advice but sometimes including me sometimes you have to take a step back and go right this is where i'm at hmm. the way i'm going is not working yeah, yeah and i think the most important thing is to think right do i stop because there is no other avenue well that's not me no. because i've got a thousand avenues i can go down exactly and i think the most important things is i need to stop reevaluate what i'm doing say this is not working that avenue could work, that avenue will work. So which one am I now going to go down to, to pull the business back? And the lucky thing I've got um, is, A, I was financially sound when the pandemic did hit. So I rode that wave through that. Um, now we're in the um, the economy crash that we're going through. Um, although I might not have had the funds that I originally started with, I have got the business built. So I've got everything in place. Mm-hmm. I've literally, it's only my own sort of ideas mentality and retail that i need to go through now um to get myself back on track as to what we was pre-economic crash i won't say pandemic i said it again. <laughs> <laughs> i'll try not to say it again but yeah so i think it's, it's important as a business owner to, to not necessarily know when you're falling down but to know when to step back and look yeah, yeah. because you are right in what you're saying business owners including myself are very 
quick to go, I know my business. I know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for 10 years. No mm. one's going to tell me what to do. Sometimes you can have a clouded judgment. Yeah, Elon can. Musk must be the same. You know, Bezos must be the same. They must all sometimes sit there and think, I need to take a step back. Well, Bezos has look. got three coaches. Yeah, there you go then, which you would never think well, for someone no, as well. It's, a, it's the same thing. So, you know, my, my background, me and, and our brother, Dave, we, we boxed. We were both, David was very good at boxing. I was okay at boxing, yeah. in all honesty. Um, I sat in the corner eating You sat in the corner, chips. yeah, that's fine, <laughs> Support, supporting us My, figure, my figure will admit it. There's no way that we would have been as good as we are without a coach watching no, us that's right. to see, okay, this is going right, but I think he could improve there, or mm, his footwork's not right there, or look, yeah. his hand's not coming up, and that's why he kept getting clipped by the right hand, you yeah. know? There's no way we would have been able to do it because we're in the moment. It's yeah. like sometimes business owners are so in the moment and they're yeah. so like, I've got to pay this. I've got to make sure my books are ready. I've got to make sure the stock's coming in. Christ, this, this part of my supply chain's cocking me up. How can I bring in that? Da, 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 da. And they're in the moment. Yeah. Sometimes it takes someone just to stand back, have it explained to them so that they can see, to say, okay, well, why don't you try this? Yeah. And have you thought about that and do this? It's, it, yeah. That's how coaching works. And I think I have become more open-minded and I, I came down to the... Oh, you're very open-minded. I came down to the event. Uh, there have been times when I've been quite closed-minded. One of the things when I came to your um, open day the other day... Oh, action Club. The, yeah. the Action Club, sorry. Um, and he said, are you a yeah person? I, and I admitted and said out loud, I am, I do. Oh, no, I know. Sorry, wasn't it? Hmm. Um, I know. And I'm quite a lot of people have said things to me in the past. I go, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. And in my head, I think, why are you telling me? You've got no right to tell Exactly, yeah. yeah, which is interesting because you're immediately closing off that perspective. Yeah. So, so just to add a bit of context, one of the, uh, we, myself and Steve Gaskell, who was on the podcast beforehand, run something called Action Club. And Action Club is a business and accountability education program for 12 months. In the start off, we talk around kind of being able to set your mind in a space of learning and to understand some of the, some of the way our language can give us either a growth mindset or a fixed mindset yeah. saying I know so did you know this oh I know that almost it closes you off straight away whereas if you say oh isn't that interesting regardless of you know it or not opens up your mind to yeah. be able to take on more information and Christ, why wouldn't you want more information yeah do you know what I mean so no, yeah absolutely. that that no you, you you were good to pick up and on I that. think it's good to pick up on other things even silly things like again put it in context I've just walked into Sam's dining room and sort of asked him what he's got on his board and it turns out to be a timer I don't know if you want to explain why yeah, you've got yeah, it I, but... yeah I use so this is something I've written about on LinkedIn quite a lot it's the Pomodoro technique it's a time management tool um and for every half an hour it's set at 30 minutes and I'll do 30 minutes deep work and then allow myself five ten minutes to grab a coffee check my phone pet the dog, do whatever, yeah. take the washing out of the washing machine, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And then when I'm ready, I'll go for another 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes, I do nothing but the task at hand. And yeah. it means that I can, you know, again, being quite entrepreneurial, having networking groups, having podcasts, having yeah. this, that, and the other, trying to run my coaching business, collaborating with Steve, collaborating with Nick Burridge. You know, there's a lot going on. And without being able to be strict and time managing myself, yeah then I, I, I'd probably try and do a bit of everything and fail. And you drop the it. ball. And I think that's why it's important. And I, I think I'm even going to try that myself because especially when you're at the top of, of your sort of industry or your company, you have so much to deal with. Yeah. So many, like I can be in the middle of doing something that my phone will ring or an email will come through. And I've always been this sort of person that's never put things off. I know the email needs to have a quick reply back for the customer. So I've always got so much to do um, that actually I either drop the ball or 
I end up messing up because I go off in a tangent. And then I sometimes sit there like three hours into my office time and think, what have I actually done? Yeah. I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've done, tried one. to do so many things. I don't actually know that I've achieved anything. Yeah. So I actually think that's a really good idea. And I think I'm actually going to go for that because there are times when I've sat on my computer and thought, right, I'm going to do this. Like, obviously, I take on franchises or, or branches all the time. And I'll go for a, a, like a marketing hour and then I'll go off in a tangent. But because I've gone off on doing something else, I've left that. And then what I've done for that hour has actually died because I haven't followed up on it. Um, so yeah, you end up getting sort of two or three hours into your day thinking, I don't actually know what I've achieved today or yeah. what I've even done yeah. because I haven't put my phone outside. I haven't, you know, I've got up and done something or someone's walked in the door. So I think that's a really good idea, actually. There's a book, uh, another book that I could lend you called Indistractable by Nir Ayal, N-I-R-E-Y-A-L. And he's uh, it's a book full of techniques of how to manage your time much better so that, you know, and, and I know that this is not a fault of yours, but certainly a consequence of your business routine is you end up working quite late into yeah. the night. You know, you're, you're working eight hours a week, Joe, yeah. let's be fair, yeah. pretty much yeah. for, for the last time. Minimum wage, mate, when you work it out. <laughs> I've said that before as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, when you yeah. work your wages, but that is that is a, a consequence. Of that, that book, that indestructible, that's uh, the Pomodoro effect written in there as well, but that's a really, really good book. The problem is you won't have time to read these books, Joe. No, I know. But this is why I do things like listen to podcasts and stuff. And it's one of the reasons I listen to podcasts like this. Um, and I did start listening to your podcast as well, um, because sometimes it's nice to have the opinion of someone else. Yeah. And again, especially when you're at the top of the company, it's like everyone only looks for your opinion. You don't tend to get many opinions given to you. Yeah, yeah. A little bit like the yes and no people. They say yes and no is in all the right places. And that's not always what you need. No, no, no. Sometimes no, you need so. someone to say, well, hang on a minute. Someone to challenge you. Absolutely. And unfortunately, when you're at the top, not that many people, other than competitors, not that many people challenge you yeah, because yeah. they're too scared to, which there's no reason to not. Um, but that's why I listen to podcasts like this, because I think it's good to get an idea from another business owner what i think is pretty powerful about this podcast and other podcasts like this is where you're where you're talking to business owners is all of a sudden you're like oh, okay it's not just me everyone yes. everyone's yeah. suffering from imposter syndrome everyone's got time management issues everyone's trying yeah. to juggle three or four things everyone's putting the best face forward but yeah. on the inside they're kind of like scrabbling around and i'll tell you where i think a podcast is important social media is the detriment to a lot of businesses it's 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 good it's fantastic. In fact, I built a business on social media. Um, but the visual aid that someone puts on about their business is only ever good. Yeah. A podcast, someone's more, I believe someone's more honest. Yeah, I'm with you. Because when you have a chat like this, you're not actually concentrating necessarily the fact you're actually recording a podcast. You're actually just having a chat. Yeah, yeah. You've just got silly pair of headphones on. Yeah. Um, but you are just having a chat. Whereas social media, you don't put a half-ass picture on. It has to be perfect. It has to be filtered. It has to be, um, the content has to be right. Now, that's great from a marketing point of view. But when you've got business owners doing it, it does make people sit there and think, well, why am I not getting that? Why am I not necessarily getting to that level? And it's not always true. Mm. Whereas a podcast, when you sit and listen to who you were saying, what was the guy's name? I, I do listen to him, but I can't remember his name now. Nick Burridge? Steve? No. Steve. Guy, oh, uh, uh, Steve Butler. That's it. Yeah. Uh, when you actually listen to him, I like his podcast because I do truly think he gets a lot of people on there that I would believe would be quite honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what I like about Steve Bartlett is his conversation. For, he, he's a great conversationalist and he's a great interviewer. So he knows what he yeah. does. A lot of research. His research team is excellent, and he'll probably have a set of five or ten questions, which is something that I haven't done because you're only my second guest. Yeah. Um, that will bring out certain emotions and and take the conversation in a certain direction. Yeah. And emotion always sells. It's always good to hear. Yeah. You know, someone who you look up to. Yeah 
kind of talk about the things that you're worried about kind of thing you know and that's why i quite like um i, I say i quite like him i haven't really got any emotions to him but i, I like listening to uh, like clips you see every now and again um of elon musk um not because i necessarily agree with all his principles and stuff but when someone asks him about things like tesla he could really tell you what he wanted about tesla and you would believe it wouldn't you yeah. But he doesn't. He's actually quite honest. Mm. He does actually say it. it's a money pit. Do you know he's bought Twitter today? Yeah, I know. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a definitely a marketing thing, though. But he's such a clever man with things like no, that. Well, he says not. He says that the, the problem that he sees with Twitter or, or the, the fear that he has is that it's, it is one of the last marketplaces for people to have true free speech. And, and free speech within reason, you know, you can't go on there being bloody racist and all that yeah. kind of stuff uh, without some sort of uh, consequences. So definitely not impunitive free yeah. speech. But what he doesn't want it is to fall into the far right or the far left and become kind of like vehicles for certain ways of thinking or ideologies. Yeah. What he wants is a platform where it can be for the good of humanity. Or that's yeah. what he's saying. And I kind of believe him as well. Well, not that I have much of an opinion or yeah. a take on it, but when you read his statement as to why he's bought it, it's believable. Yeah. It is, and I, I think that's why one of the reasons I quite. He doesn't like... need to make money. He's got he's got Tesla. He's got SpaceX. Yeah. The, the man's he, he's he paid like thirty eight billion for it. Anyway, what's he make? Uh, yeah, thirty eight billion. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I mean that you got to have some comfortable investors behind you, haven't you? Well, no, <laughs> I think I don't think he's got any investors behind him. I think that's all him. I mean, he's one of the richest men in the world, if not the well. Yeah, but he's rich because he doesn't spend his take, own money. You take the Saudis out. Well, yeah, but yeah, you take the Saudis out. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, Christ, if that's only like an eighth of his wealth, then well. I mean, it's, it's just like, like you buying a Maserati. Yeah. One day. Well, yeah. You never know. You never know, do you? To be fair. But yeah, I do, I do think he's. I mean, obviously a very clever man. But I do like his honesty um, with the fact that even something like Tesla, that we could all quite easily believe is worth billions, mm. probably would be if it was sold. But it's actually, I like the truth of the fact that he would sit there and go, actually, it's a money pit. But it was my dream, yeah, so yeah. I fund it basically. Yeah. Um, and he, he, you know, he's been very. And they do reckon he's he's had days where he's literally slept on Tesla's factory floor. Where he's oh, so no, no, he said that himself. Yeah, yeah. where he's so hand on, yeah, yeah. you know, with it, and I, and I like that. I like the fact same that as Mr. Beast as well. I saw earlier that Mr. Beast does the same. Sort of, I've heard of that. Mr. Beast is a YouTube, oh, YouTuber, biggest yeah. YouTuber in the world. Yeah. Your kids will know a lot about yeah, it. Probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, same sort of thing. He's got uh, he's he'll sleep in an office kind of thing. Yeah, and, like he'll, he'll get up and work out in his office, and then shower in his office, yeah. and dress in his office, and then go to work in his office, and lives in his office. Then lives in his office. Yeah, yeah I, I do. Yeah. I do quite like the fact that when you get to a certain level, you you still continue that because I think it means you're still continuing the dream yeah, money yeah, yeah. and I have I, I mean I was in sales years ago and I was always taught that if you follow the dream the money will follow or if you follow the success the money will follow and I did very much take that attitude with Sugar Rush my dream was to get Sugar Rush successful rather than be rich from it yeah, it yeah. just so happens that because I concentrated so much on the success of the business I happen to become quite wealthy from right, it. Yeah, one of one of Napoleon Hill's laws of success is that there's a book from, I think it's the 30s or the 40s by Napoleon Hill. It's this amazing author, brilliant business mind, um, very successful. And one of his laws of success is to be really, really generous with the value that you can provide without trying to look for monetary gain off of it yeah just provide value and then the money will follow it up yeah you know absolutely yeah and i think that's a a, a good way to be and and it almost differentiates you from your competition yeah another one of my book the, the small the small business millionaire by steve chandler great book uh, and it, it's a kind of um it's just a kind of like make non uh, non-fiction book around um i always get confused non-fiction or fiction which one means that it's true yeah, fiction's true, right? 
Non-fiction's made up. No, non-fiction's made up. No, not non-fiction. Fiction is fiction, <laughs> so fictitious, fake. isn't it? So that's fake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if non-fiction would be true. Right, okay. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm know. such a knowledgeable person. I don't even know the difference between non-fiction <laughs> and fiction. That shows See, you how uneducated me and you was. Other, other business owners out there, don't worry. No. Look at the, if if we drop us a comment, let us know. Yeah, yeah. But um, in that, he talks around finding your why. And you find your why by not thinking oh my why is i want to be a millionaire and kind of, you know if you find your why yours is you're a peddler of happiness yeah do you know what i mean yeah. you deliver sweets to people in the comfort of their own homes yeah their kids faces light up or their faces light up they might have had a hard day bag of sweets do you know what that's just yeah. what i need i'm gonna sit down in front of the soaps and yeah. have a bag of sweets as a treat i'm gonna treat myself i feel good so you your your differentiator is that you're selling happiness you're selling a treat and that's yeah. a really you know that's that's great and i think if you it, like you have done if you market that if you use that to drive your vehicle then the value will follow the, the, yeah. the money will follow yeah. i think if you're just out there like i'm selling i'm selling i'm selling then it's it's a bit, bit yeah harder, and that's it? and and the panic of selling is always a i thought you were going to say pandemic I was about to no 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 no, no. The, the, the panic of being the, the, of the sales in a lot of business is actually the detriment to it because it's like anything if you chase it you snatch it yeah it is and that's why i've never liked things like begging statuses and stuff like that from a business i think i would actually rather close the business yeah. than have to sit there and beg sure. um because i know the value of the product you know a lot of people might might not necessarily agree with me but you know for what we charge to have it delivered to your door within an hour up to 10 o'clock at night so the value's there yeah, yeah you know the quality's there it's you know completely legit do you ever do like customer service do you ever ask people's opinions on either what they want how they want it any changes to what you offer as a we product? have yeah and some of the reasons we changed packaging was was through that um oh so you went for it just for our audience you went from square paper boxes to pouches yeah, to pouches yeah um, I am contemplating changing that again, but that's a different podcast. Um, but the, yeah, I, we did do, we did, we used to put a lot of wrapped, what we call fun suites in the boxes. Um, and we put a poll out to say, look, is, is it worth it? Or are they more of a hindrance to you? Do you actually just want a bag of pick and mix? And to my shock, actually around the country, it actually came back that it annoyed people more. Ah, having the packets in there they just wanted the the pouch of sweets rather than the extra so you didn't have like the rainbow drops yeah right which i always assumed that that made it more of a funner box and that just shows you why it's important to get customer feedback Mm. because sometimes again you gray out that area around you and think well i'm the boss and i I created this i know what people want and actually do you know what this is and this is just shows you how true that is we sell a box called a jelly rush which yep. is a bag of nothing but jelly no fizzy no chocolate no foam no nothing just jelly that is the worst kind of sweet bag to me because uh, i like foam sweets sure okay it's yeah. one of our best selling products across the country um, now when i look at it even when i get involved in packing and i pack it i sit there and think it looks such a dull bag to me and yet if you're seven years old that looks like yeah 100 100 um but even from the adult's point of view so i think that just shows you that what, what you say is right of not graying someone's opinion out and not saying yeah i know mm. because if someone had told me four years ago to start the jelly rush i probably would have gone no i don't like it because mm. i don't like it yeah and i actually did a radio interview um probably about four years ago now and they actually said to me how do you choose your sweets and my instant answer back was um or my instant reply back was i buy what i like as in what i personally yeah, like interesting and then i remember sitting and listening to i didn't listen to the radio um show for a couple of years because i don't really like my own voice but i sat down one night i thought oh i'll listen to it 
And when I heard that sentence, I thought, oh, it's just not the right attitude. Not necessarily that it was a big-headed attitude, because I genuinely did just buy the sweets that I personally enjoyed. It got you to where you were, I guess. No, absolutely. But I had to take the attitude that, actually, that's not necessarily what you're going to enjoy. Yeah. But I never did take that attitude. So luckily mm. for me, I liked a lot of the sweets that other people liked. And that's why you yeah, but like the fact that you were able to be like, oh, actually, that's probably not right. I can, I can do that. It means that you've got a growth mindset. You've got yeah. an open mindset, yeah. which is perfect. And even the classic pouch. That was originally started by me saying, a customer messaged me saying, I want a bit of everything you do. And I can remember thinking, well, I ain't got fucking time for that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I ain't messing around with that. And Claire's like, no, it's all right, I'll pack it, I'll pack it. And that actually became our classic pouch, which is our number one selling around the country. Yeah. So that just shows you that you can be wrong in business or you you just need to open, like, open your mind, like you said, not say I know yeah. and actually think, well, just because I don't think that's right, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be a winner. And actually the classic pouch is... Where it's been the well, number one throughout the country for 10 years. Wow. So it just goes to show you, and that was my opinion of, well, I'm not messing around with that. What's next from an innovation point of view? Where, where do you go from here? What's, uh, what's, what does next year and the year after look like for Sugar Rush Confectionery? Just keep building. Literally just keep putting one brick on top of each other until it's the Empire State Building. I've, I've, until I've, the pandemic comes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic. I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to go into that. Or Boris. Anyway, I'm not going there. Um, but... Uh, Someone did say to me, is there, a, is there a level that you'll stop? And I don't think there is. Why should I? Hmm. Because I didn't start in an industry that was already near its top tier or even its middle tier. I started at the floor. So I've got an entire nation to hit. Yeah. Well, that will take my lifetime. And whoever takes it on, if they take it on, will take their lifetime as well to, to get the brand pushing that far. So I don't see why I should stop. I don't. I don't actually know that I do have a, a cap where I'll go. Oh, I've had enough now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just keep going and going and going until it's in every town, every village, and every city. I don't see why not. That's like Domino's turning around and saying, "Well, I w wouldn't want to yeah. buy that." You, you know, look at that. Yeah, that's in pretty much every, definitely in every city, probably in every town, and in some villages maybe. Yeah. Biggest so, biggest fear. Um. Not of yours. I know you don't like spiders. No. Uh, but for Sugar Rush, biggest fear. You ever thought about it? Well, I mean, no, not really. If I'm honest, not really. I mean, the biggest fear would have to be if I had to shut the doors. And I can remember that it wasn't even the business; it was me. I went through mental health issues last year after the COVID. The P word. The P word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went through um, a mental health issue then, um, and I can remember walking into Sugar Rush and just thinking, "I hate this. Right. I don't want to be here anymore." <clears throat> and I could have shut the doors then, if I'm really honest, not because of financial a point of view not because of a business point of view. that was me i hated it at that point because i was having a mental health issue um and then i got over that side of it and and i think the feeling of me thinking shall i shut the doors made me feel sick mm. and it's that who was it was saying to me the other day oh, i think it was one another podcast i did and he said have you seen the picture of the two guys mining and one reaches the gold and one stops just before he gets yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that would that would probably be my fear if I stopped but someone picked up on it and then mm. went on to make millions from it and yeah. a massive brand because the brand awareness has always been what I wanted sure not necessarily the money even though that was always nice um so th that would probably be my fear if I had to shut the doors you, and unfortunately you never know that as long as I keep plugging away and going for it I've got no reason to yeah you know so yeah if there was a fear it would be that but I don't see Touchwood, yeah envision that ever sort of happening nice yeah. nice excellent joe this has been brilliant mate thank you so much for coming and You're doing welcome. the podcast thank you for having me thank That's you for my right. apple juice where's my question you haven't asked me a question Do you know before. i did have a question for Go on, you, actually. Question. um no one ever asked me i'll, I'll fire one at you um when you decided to quit your last job yeah 
or stop working at your last job because obviously it wasn't you wasn't pushed it was your decision to come out yeah at the level you'd achieved which was high Mm. why because i was really unhappy i was really unhappy and i was um like I, i wasn't so i wasn't satisfied at all i i felt as if so the, the 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 position I was in beforehand on the public sector part of EDF Energy, I felt like I was really good at, and then I moved into senior account management, and I never really felt like I was very good at it. Right, I, I, I struggled to get did, my head did around. Did stats and, prove that, or is that you? No, uh, no, no. I was okay. I brought in some deals, and like my my customer retention was was fine. You know, the customers weren't leaving, which is good. And yeah. I brought in some new, um, so a, a couple of new customers, which was the kind of name of the game, not many, but at that level, you'd only bring in maybe, you know, if you bring in one a year, then yeah. you know, thumbs up. Um, but for me, it was it, like the enjoyment wasn't there. I think COVID might have had something to do with it as well. Yeah. Just in the fact that oh, I yeah, become... you were there, weren't you during that thing? Yeah, well, no, <laughs> I was the, the the problem with it was, is that I was silent i'm quite a people person i like being out in front of people yeah. and meeting people that's where i'm really that's where i feel alive and where i i seem to do my best sort of work so yeah. to be sat behind a computer on zoom and not going out to conventions not meeting up with my mates and, the, and it, it kind of i think that had an effect on me and it, it made me analyze whether or not i was happy doing what i was doing right. and, and and i wasn't and yeah. it made me kind of think Chris, can i i could do this for another 20 years and i don't have to you know, I'm never going to be minted, but I never really have to worry about yeah. money. I'll, I'll never have to worry about paying the bills. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll just be done. I'll always have money left over each month. But yeah, I, 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 the thought of doing that for another 20 years killed me, which is a shame because I thought that getting to a senior account manager was like, uh, that was a goal for a really long time. So I hit the goal and then realized that I didn't didn't want it and no. had massive imposter syndrome, like really struggled with yeah. some of the complexities around. Which is incredible because you actually weren't there for six months. You were there for what? 20 years. 20 years. Well, nine, yeah, 19 and And that's years. incredible just to think that you had imposter syndrome from that. Yeah. For that length, not necessarily that length of time, but if, to be in a job for that length of time and then have that on the back yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. It, it is incredible. And that just shows you it could it can happen to anyone in any sort of sector, really, because... I mean, your your track record record was proven in EDF. It's not like you yeah, were a okay. bad member yeah, of staff. Okay. Or... No, I wasn't a bad member of staff at all. I was always engaged. I was always like, um, uh, I was always an advocate of EDF energy. I'd always, I'd never say no to anything. Uh, but it got towards the end, and I was scared to turn up to meetings on Zoom and that. I was, I, w- I was giving presentations to my manager at the time, and and like it'd be like, what are you trying to say with this? And I didn't have an answer for it, and that no. freaked me out a little bit yeah. because then I was like, Christ, have I lost my like, am, I, am I losing this a little bit? And yeah, um, yeah it, it, there were so many things. And, and it's really good because it made me kind of look at what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was either help people or animals. Those were my two choices. Yeah. And because I'm squeamish, there was no way I could do the animal <laughs> thing because, what, am I going to become a vet and then I'm squeamish around bloody dogs breaking yeah. their foot and everything? So um, it, was, it was people. And I combined what I loved, which is working with businesses and being a, a, a like genuinely caring about helping people and a chat with Nick Burridge, who's my co-host on this at a Christmas party, led me to, he said, you know, you'd be, you should try business coaching. Yeah. Why don't you kind of look at that? And I went down, I had a chat with Steve and um, understood a bit more of how it works and thought, yeah, I can, I, that ticks a lot of boxes for yeah. me. So one more question then, cause I know we're going to log off, but um, a lot of people ask me these questions when I've been interviewed before in the past. And it's always a question that I can only answer from, a start from the ground entrepreneur's point of view, mm. whereas you've obviously researched a lot in the last God knows how many years with in the corporate world yeah. and obviously now doing the business coaching. So my question would be that I get asked a lot is, 
if you were speaking to a young entrepreneur now that had an idea, what would your advice be to go out and start? Or how would your advice be to go out and start? Well, mine would be go and speak to a coach. Go speak to a coach. Without a shadow of a doubt. And I'm not saying that because I'm a business no, coach. No, no, no. Because not many people are going to be like, oh, he said go and speak to a coach or go and speak to him. So and I do agree with that in a way, in the fact that I wish I'd had advice at the start. That, that's it. Just having having a coach is like having someone have your back. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it's like doubling your brain up. So another thing in this Laws of Success, Napoleon Hill, I've only just recently listened to this on Audible, so this is why it's so fresh in my mind, is he talks about the power of a mastermind. And when you look at, Apple, when you look at Microsoft, there's always two of them. It's not just a single person. And they they have what's called a mastermind. So you get dialed into an idea and then you can both bounce ideas. So rather than you just thinking, I'm going to do Sugar Rush, I'm only going to do these because this is what I like. Some other people like them, right, I'm going to go down this route. You've got two people. So the other person could be like, okay, well, let's. what about other options? Let's think about. And they they almost act like rather than having that negative little voice in your head, it's like having a positive little voice in your head to help shine a light on the, yeah. the opportunities that you've got there and i think, I think that's really really at powerful. the start a coach could actually save you money because the one thing i will say from when i started without any advice or any coaches probably cost me thousands yeah of course the mistakes yeah, and yeah. the the learning curves that i necess- didn't necessarily need to go through probably ended up costing me a lot of money when actually if i'd have had a coach back then i didn't even know a coach existed then no 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 so no. that just goes to show you how much the business world's changed or has come forward um so I, yeah, I agree with you. I definitely would say if you shout. can take advice, yeah. 100% if you can take, if you're the kind of person who's who's up for having, you know, up for having discussions, up for having someone in your corner, yeah, and and you really want to succeed, then having a coach isn't a bad place. Well, to I think start if to. you're also not willing to take advice from anyone, you need to wonder whether a business is for you because yeah, exactly. you're not going to know ever. Then I don't, no, you know, no. and I've even admitted on there, there's been mistakes I've made that I've learned from, even up to but recent times. Yeah, but I mean, and again, in business, the reason why I think that you've become successful and you'll continue being successful, though that you know to the limit will will be questioned, but it's because. You're not scared of taking those notes. You're not scared of those failures because no. you recognize that through a failure, a lesson will be learned and yeah. those lessons will add up to bringing success. Yeah. And a lot of people will, they, they just haven't got the skin in the game. They haven't got the resilience. They haven't got the staying power to be like, yeah. okay, there's a there's a quote that I've used before um, that on, I don't know what it is, Rocky Balboa, like Rocky Six or whatever the actual number would be. But he says that it's not about how hard you hit, it's about how many hits you can take and keep moving forward. Yeah. That's how you win. That's how winning that. That's so true. And so I think true. that's true to the point where you need to remember that just because, and I've always lived by this, just because your idea didn't work the first day doesn't mean it won't work on the second or third. So don't just quit because the day didn't work right and didn't work in your favor because the second, third and fourth day, it will just build and build and build. It might start slow, but your idea will pay off. Yeah, I love it. At the love end. It. Good. Thoughts on this podcast? Do you I enjoy it? Been, yeah, I think it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into listening to a lot of them, so it's quite nice to take part in them as well. Nice. Um, and I'm not a facial person. I don't. I couldn't. I wouldn't like to sit on TV Lovely and face. interview, but I don't <laughs> mind the radio and podcast because I don't know one has to see me. Um, but no, I've enjoyed it and I've, I've enjoyed listening to them as well. So cool. fair play to both you and Steve for doing them because I think they help more than what you think. Nick. Who did I say? Steve. Oh, who, was this, who was on? I met the other day. Nick. That was Steve. I obviously don't listen to your intro. But <laughs> I do listen, to, honestly. Me, me and Nick are the co-hosts. You, and Nick, yeah. Are, yeah, you yeah. and Nick doing the podcast? Me, me and Nick do the podcast. And you and Steve, and Steve, do the, Steve okay. is, is the... Yeah, yeah, I've never so been good I've got a few partners going I'm on. I'm good for addresses. But yeah, I think that it helps a lot more than you both think. Nice. nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and, and come back and join us and do another one in the future, will. yeah? We'll update. Maybe okay. six months down the line. Sounds good. Good stuff. Thanks, Joe. Take thanks, care. Bye-bye. 